Skepticism, we all need reminders about why we believe what we believe. Welcome to the Creation Today Show. I'm your host, Eric Hovind. Let me tell you something that I know about you. You want to be right. Everybody wants to be right. Uh, we, we don't want to follow something that is false, and, and we don't want to follow something blindly. You want the facts, and you want the facts that allow you or give you the ability to incorporate apologetics, defending the truth of your faith into your daily life. If I asked you, do you believe the Bible? Many of you would say, well, of course, yes, I believe the Bible. But if I asked you why, some of us would have a hard time coming up with really good reasons. If I asked, do you serve an amazing God? Many of you would say, absolutely, Eric, I serve an amazing God. But if I, if I asked for some response on, on why or how do you know God is so amazing, some of you might kind of wonder, well, every once in a while, we need reminders of just how awesome our God is. And let me tell you something, if that's you here at the beginning of, beginning of 2022, after a couple of crazy years in our world, and I don't think it's going to get better, I think it's going to get worse personally, I think things are going to get more crazy as we keep on going, you're going to love this conversation with my friend Bruce Malone as we take a closer look at the evidence. Hey, today's show includes a giveaway. Uh, I'm looking forward to giving you guys something. This is, uh, 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 I think, something you're going to really enjoy. It's going to be valuable. So uh, jump in the comments. Tell me where you are watching from. And tell me what temperature is, what the temperature is outside where you're at right now. I'm in Pensacola, Florida. and We've had a cold front come through. It is a freezing cold 59 degrees outside. My Florida blood is feeling that chill in the air. So tell me where you're from and tell me what temperature is outside. And I've got a giveaway for you that I'll be giving you here in just a little while. Hey, my guest, uh, Bruce Malone, is amazing. He worked for nearly 30 years as a research leader at Dow Chemical Company, establishing 18 different pat uh, patents. Uh, his passion, though, is in writing and teaching about the evidence for creation. He's been studying, uh, lecturing, uh, writing on this topic for over 30 years. He is the executive director of Search for the Truth Ministries with a goal of 
of really taking uh, the creation censorship and bypassing that in the education system through his writings, through his teaching, and through his Evidence for Creation books, and they are powerful. Bruce, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thank you, Eric. You are such a whale. Try Michigan. <laughs> I'm sitting here, four inches of snow, 20 degrees, and not a bit of green in sight. And you're tough as nails then, man. You, If you were a wimp, you'd have to live down here in Florida with me, let me tell you. <laughs> No, it, did, it, it got down. It got down to uh, below freezing a couple nights ago, and typically up here or down here in Florida, I'm in North Florida, so we get the the freezing temperatures every once in a while. But for the most yeah. part, like 45 is our is our cold front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's so rough. Tip me with paradise. I'm, I'm I'll be heading your way in a few weeks just to get out of it. So. Come on down, buddy. Yeah. Come on down. Everybody wants to move to Florida these days. <laughs> even uh, governors from liberal states that impose incredible restrictions, they even want to move to Florida for more reasons than one. But uh, <laughs> Andrew's on here. He said he's in the United Kingdom and it's zero degrees right now. Whew. Man, zero. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, but chilly. they deal in Celsius. We're we're talking negative ten Celsius. Ooh, ooh. So you you got him beat, is what you're yeah. saying? Uh, that's I believe so. So are you calling Andrew a wimp as well, or you don't know if he's like he may not be complaining about it though? I'm the one complaining here, so yeah. I guess we'll leave Andrew. Andrew, we'll leave you right. alone. <laughs> hey, I, Bruce, I showed the clip a few minutes ago of the Fiji rugby team singing, We Have Overcome, Man, by the Blood of the Lamb and the Word of the Testimony. That was after their 2020 Olympic, uh, Tokyo Olympic uh, game win. And when I saw that, Bruce, I got to be honest, I can't help but think of you and your organization because of the influence that you have had on the island of Fiji. Can, can you tell us kind of? Um, what what God has allowed you to do, and I know you'll give all the glory to God, but what God has allowed you to do on that that little we, island? We could we could spend an entire program. There's just so many miracles, but uh, yeah, that that was a spontaneous uh, praise celebration to the Lord by about you know an athletic team, um, and that's not the first time they they won the gold medal in 2016 and did the same thing. Yeah, now Fiji is a nation with a strong Christian heritage but an even longer, absolutely decadent pagan heritage where they were called the cannibal capital of the world less than 200 years ago. Wow. took root. They realized uh, if man was made in the image of God, how could we be eating the son of man? Uh, God came as a human being. The whole nation turned like Nineveh uh, to Christ. Uh, thousands of churches throughout this island nation. And yet over the last few decades, the leadership who grew up in this Christian culture, like America was a Christian culture, uh, saw the next generation having less and less interest in God. They've lost their awe of who God is and what he's done for them. Uh, So we, through a, I believe in God-ordained miracles, were given permission by the Department of Education to go into every public high school in the nation, um, over 65 of them, um, and do a one-hour science presentation showing them how the biblical viewpoint, the Bible, authoritatively speaks on issues of history, science, and reality. Uh, it can be trusted, and they leave every student with one of these books that we'll be talking about today. Um, now, we retitled it in Fiji. It's not called A Closer Look at the Evidence. It was called Pearls in Paradise. But uh, 
close to 100,000 students got their own personal copy of this full color hardcover book where every day of the year is this subject dealing with something they can see in nature and tying it back to science and reality. They've shared it with family and friends. It's highly likely that probably 20 to 50% of the, those young men on that soccer team had seen this book. Uh, so it's impacting lives. Um, it's tying truth, history, science, and reality back to the Bible. Whereas in America, we work overtime to disconnect those things from the Bible. So um, it's uh, really, really neat to see those young men praising the Lord. I, I was blown away and shocked when I saw that. And of course, I, I had heard about the work that you had done distributing those books. I mean, we're talking containers of books throughout the yeah. public school system there in Fiji. And I just go, wow, that, that, is a, that, is, that is seeing and getting the truth right where it needs to go. And, and the work that you've done, by the way, I've got, I've got a couple of your books. I got a closer look. And by the way, we're going to be giving away something to you guys here in just a minute to do with that one. I've got your closer look at prophecy and then your uh, search for the truth book. And I know you've, you've, you've got several, you, you've got quite a bit of stuff. And I encourage people to check out your website, which is searchforthetruth.net. Searchforthetruth.net. There you can see it on the screen, searchforthetruth.net. Uh, but I, I just, I love the work that you've done and the fact that you're, you're doing it first class and, and that's okay. I, I want to get into today. I mean, here we are sure. beginning of 2022 and what we're, we're looking at, we're looking at a world that is continually questioning God, continually questioning, you know, is, is, is his word right? Is this world really created by him? And so to, to start, before you start, though, I know you got several things you want to share. Before you start, I need everybody watching, and I'm seeing, okay, we got a bunch of people on YouTube, got a bunch of people on the, the different Facebook pages, and we got a bunch of people here joining us. Okay, so to everybody, I need you to practice something for me. I need you to practice saying the word, wow. Okay, so on three, everybody just say it out loud, wherever you're at, if you're working or you're at home, still in your pajamas, ready? One, two, three. Wow. Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, what you're about to hear, that, that whatever you just did was not good enough. I need you to, I need you to enunciate it. I need the, I need the what to be really good. Try it one more time with me because you're going to use this throughout this show. Ready? One, two, three. Wow. Okay. I mean, Bruce, I, I've heard you speak before, man. We're going to use that over and over and over today. So, here we are, beginning of 2022. We need some reminders. Take us, take us down a path at a closer look at the evidence. By the way, your book is, is broken up as a devotional day by day, and you cover biology, astronomy, prophecy, uniqueness, history, uh, microbiology, logic, uh, so many different topics in here. Is, it's incredible. Where, where are you going to take us today? I guess I want to start by saying, as I go out and I speak and I teach, um, one of the most common things that happens every time is that parents and grandparents, they come up and say, our kids, they don't seem to have any interest in God anymore. Um, they, they, you know, they grew up in a church, but where's that interest in, in who God is and what he has done? Um, so I, I kind of tell them they've, they've lost this awe of who God is. Um, you know, a young child, you don't have to teach them to say, wow. 
Um, my my four-year-old grandchildren, our backyard was filled with um, clover that was in bloom. It was like, it's a bunch of white weeds everywhere. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just, what, what is it with all the weeds in my lawn? The four-year-old goes and throws herself face first in, into these white flowers and just lays there in awe of the beauty that God has built into a weed. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. Uh, our school system goes out of its way to teach everybody, all the students from kindergarten all the way through college, that everything can be explained without God. There's, there's no need for God to explain anything that's going on, any, any of the beauty or uh, of, of creation. So I'm going to just go through a series of creatures, but I'm going to talk about the big ones. I've had I've seen creation talks on things like the giraffe and how when it bends its head down, it, it's got a series of valves that have to close or uh, th things like exploding beetles or what. Yes. I, I'm going to start with really teeny creatures. Uh, the first one's a little thing called a pterograde. Now, this creature, if, I want you to, folks to hold their thumb and their forefinger as close together as they can get it. So you can barely see any light coming between your two fingers. That's how big that creature was. Now, this is a cornfield maze that is 22 acres inside. Uh, and they decided to, to cut a maze with a pterograde, kind of honor this little creature. Uh, why? What, what's so big of a deal about a pterograde? What's actually called um, a water bear, it's the smallest animal that has legs, okay? It's only half a millimeter long, microscopic. Uh, you can almost see through it under a light microscope. Here's what a good picture of it looks like. It, it what? Just like a little teddy bear. What? That's not a real image. There's no way. This is a real image of this real creature, okay? What? Now, let me give you some of the characteristics of the pterograde that'll just blow your wow scale off, off the scale. First of all, you can't asphyxiate this creature. It can survive in the vacuum of space for weeks just goes dormant, shuts its body down, give it a little oxygen, comes back to life, okay? You can't asphyxiate it. You can't irradiate it to death. It can survive a thousand times the background radiation we have here on Earth, like inside of a microwave or something, okay? It won't die, just, just functions just perfectly fine. You can't crush it. It's like if you hit it with a hammer, if you step on it, it, it will withstand pressure six times greater than the deepest ocean, about a thousand what? pressure will not die. Not done, okay, can't radiate, can't crush it, can't asphyxiate it. Here's another view of another variation of the tetragrade. Uh, you can't boil it to death. You can take it right up to boiling point of water, it will not die. You can't dehydrate it. They found tetragrades left in tombs for hundreds of years put them back into water, they come back alive. And lastly, you can't freeze it. You no way. Almost absolute zero. They found them frozen in glaciers for 3,000 years, and they come back to life. I mean, we see all these, these superhero films about uh, immortals and, and you, you, you know, the, the, the Wolverine guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. God made such a creature. Now, evolution will just say, oh, wow, look how useful those features are. It must have evolved them. See, this is the problem. 
they criticize Christians for saying, well, God made these characteristics. He programmed the DNA to give these abilities as this little creature. And yet they, they'll, they'll say, oh, you're just throwing the God word at it. And that somehow explains it. Well, actually it does because design and programming design, there's a designer and a programmer. They throw the word evolution at it. Oh, it just evolved. But you can't explain how in a step-by-step process, these abilities could have evolved from a creature that didn't have these abilities. So we're, we're both based on a faith to a certain degree, uh, but one of them has a causation, God, a designer. The other one just uses a word without the explanatory ability. So that's, that's creature number one, okay? And, and, and you're right, natural selection cannot, or, or evolution, a blind random process, really can't explain this. I was reading an article the other day about natural selection and how it designed this and created this. And right. they're the basically giving it the properties of God is oh, what God. they're doing. They, they are. I mean, if you had a creature that couldn't be frozen without dying, and then you took that creature and you froze it, it wouldn't evolve the ability. It would die. <laughs> and the chemicals, the interreactions, the interrelationships, the systems needed are incredibly complex, and they have to be there from the beginning. Uh, and that's just logic. Uh, that, that's uh, religion. It's it's very logical conclusion. Um, let me take. Let me. I'm going to take you up in the size scale. Okay. Right? Before you do, I, I, okay, everybody. I got to. You got to admit. We got to either type it in the comments right now or something. Wow. Or just say it out loud. I mean, that that's incredible. Bruce, seriously, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, I love this little guy. I wish he was bigger so I could like just give him a big old hug. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's quite the critter. Now, okay, so here's our superhero with, with almost immortal abilities. Okay, so now we're going to go look at another superpower that comes up all the time. And I love this one. If I had to pick one, I would pick this one. And now you're gonna to go to what's called a sea sapphire. Now this creature is about a quarter inch long. So, you know, you can move your fingers a little bit further apart now. Uh, it lives in the ocean in salt water. It's this beautiful sapphire blue color. It just kind of floats and swims around in the ocean and uh, survives in, in, in its uh, nutrition out of the water that's even smaller. Uh, but this guy does something no other animal in the entire universe that I know of, but definitely Earth does, it has the ability to become invisible, literally invisible. Now, this is how it works. Okay, here's another picture of it. This thing has scales like a butterfly, multiple levels of scales that go very, very fairly deep. And those scales, when light hits it and bounces back, we see the light bouncing back off the surface, those scales absorb everything except the blue wavelength. So the reds, the yellows, everything else is absorbed. Blue bounces back and it looks this sapphire blue. Now, when it turns, okay, so you've got this series of scales. When that creature turns, the light going through the scales has to pass through a longer length before it hits the lower scale and bounces back. And all of a sudden, because it's now equal to the wavelength of blue, the blue becomes absorbed and all light is essentially absorbed and not bounced back. No way. Because the creature is translucent, that means light can also pass through it. You suddenly, the light is not being bounced back. 
you can see right through it to the bottom of the seafloor, he becomes invisible. Watch this little video of this creature, it hits face on and then it turns. Okay, here he is face on, he's gonna ready to turn, he just turned. Did you see that? No way, right this is not computer generated. That's not computer generated. No, that's not computer generated. That's a, just a, a camera looking down at the creature in the ocean below him. He becomes invisible. That's impressive, Bruce. That is, that's mind boggling. Does it hit the wow factor? Oh my goodness. I mean, how many, I, I remember as a kid thinking I'd love invisibility. I'd love to have that superpower. Who wouldn't? See, it's like God did it first. Almost everything we do, we're just copying something that he's already done in creation. Often to our benefit, uh, you know, the understanding of electricity to flight. It's all based on what he's made first. Can, can we just admit right now that if evolution were true, we should have that capability? That would that would have been a really good characteristic to pass on genetically, you know, to all the yeah. other uh, life forms on Earth. I mean, uh, wow, that's incredible design right there. That's incredible design. It is. It, it, and it's not happen chance. The scales have to be exactly the right length apart. There has to be the right number of them. There has to be a translucent body. Everything has to be perfectly designed, positioned, and in place all at once, or it's just pointless. It's a waste of uh, programming biological energy, unless it's all there. So uh, again, see, the problem with evolution is twofold. The mechanisms do not work to explain these kind of things. Information never produces itself by random processes. And it directly contradicts what God has told us is the truth of the past. So as a Christian, man, you, you really can't be combining the two. As a non-Christian, you gotta be thinking what is the truth and then follow the truth where it leads. Uh, hang on, before you move on, I think everybody should type in the comments or just say it out loud right where you're at. One, two, three. Wow. I mean, that that's, Bruce, that is mind blowing. I have never seen that before. That's incredible. All right, let's, let's just real quick uh, talk about bees. Bees, bees are well studied. Um, and there's, there's been all sorts of uh, discoveries to show how they communicate, how they fly, how they uh, maintain a hive, how they keep it warm, how they do the honeycomb structures. But uh, Princeton University researchers about a decade ago decided, well, let's just see how well they can learn something new because they've got the brain about the size of a grain of sand, okay? Uh, Princeton's brain, these guys, PhD study, they're a little smarter, a little bit bigger brains. So what they did, they took a bunch of hives they, they got the bees all, you know, back in their hive. And then they put a really rich source of food about 150 feet away, let the bees out. And uh, they knew which ones came from which hive. They timed how long would it take a bee to go find the food, come back to the hive, tell the other bees from that hive where the food was, and then have a bunch of bees from that hive show up at the food source. You following me so far? I'm following you. It took about 10 minutes. Now, we've known this for years. Bees, they come back and they do a dance. See, the bee in the middle of this picture is kind of wiggling his butt. Well, he doesn't do it at random. He wiggles his butt and moves in a line exactly a certain number of degrees from the way the honeycombs are lined up. And where the sun is positioned, the difference tells them which direction to fly to find the flower. Now, we've known this for decades. He goes around and does this dance a certain number of times to tell him how far the food source is. Now, here's a problem for evolution right away. 
how did the other bees know what this bee was telling them? I, I mean, <laughs> suppose you've got a bee comes back, he finds food, and he starts wiggling his butt in the middle of a hive. <laughs> the, the other bees are going to say, well, George is having an epileptic fit. They know what he's telling them. See, how does that happen? But he does. Well, then the researchers move the food 300 feet away, you know, release the bee, the one found it came back. The other bees were there again within 10 minutes. Did it a third time, 450 feet away. It didn't seem to be distance, uh, re you know, related. From when the first bee found it to when the other bees got there was again about 10 minutes. Then they did it a fourth time. The food is now 600 feet away. But when they went to move the food and put it there, the bees from that hive were already hovering around waiting for them to show up with the food. These they knew they had art. They had calculated the pattern. No, they did not. The sequence. And they're saying, well, where's our food? You did this three times. It ought to be here by now. They outsmarted the Princeton researchers. Are you kidding? With their, with their brain the size of a grain of sand. Now, if you can't see the design of God in all this, it's just phenomenal. <laughs> that is, I, I okay, so I had heard about the pattern, the, the, the wiggle pattern, so they can tell how far things are away. That's a wild factor. The, the, the fact that the honeybee can fly, the fact that the honeycomb is the best designed shape yep. to store the most food and have the most strength and all these different things. But I had no idea that they could that they would actually replicate a pattern that was taking place yeah, in research. Yeah. I mean, it re requires memory. It requires, uh, you know, logical thinking. It requires trajectory. All of that's programmed into this little brain. Uh, and, it, and because why? Well, evolution would say, oh, that's useful. I guess it evolved. That doesn't explain it. Uh, it's, it's intelligence on an insect level. I mean, the ultimate of intelligence. That is incredible. Uh, and yes, Amanda and Ik, uh, Ithaca, uh, I am watching the comments. I'm trying to. So thank you guys for making those. And I'm watching. So can you guys just type this right now about the honeybee? Can you guys ready? Ready? Get ready to type this. One, two, three. Wow. wow. I mean, that is, that's mind blowing. Um, listen, I know you've got, you got some more you're going to share with us, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, before you do, though, before you do, I want to give something away. Um, Bruce, I hope it's okay. What I did is I took your book, A Close Look at the Evidence, which is one devotional for every single day of the year so that you can be wowed every single day by the God who created you and designed this universe. And then you can, you can take that wow factor into the world and use it as apologetics, as teaching somebody the truth about God every single day. I took the first 10 devotionals that you did and I made a little, uh, a little ebook so that people could have this. I want you to get this ebook. All you have to do is go to creationtoday.org forward slash and then the word evidence. creationtoday.org forward slash evidence for his book, A Closer Look at the Evidence creationtoday.org slash evidence. And right there, you can either get the entire book, which is a phenomenal read and one that I think you guys ought to have. Great one to do, to do devotions with the kids or with the young people. Um, but you can at least download the first 10 of those so you can just experience this over the first 10 days here of January and just enjoy that. 
Uh, Bruce, thanks for the work that you did on this. It, it's, oh, it's, you're welcome. It's truly. Yeah, I, 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 the, there were two science teachers 10 years ago that helped pull all that together. We recently updated it and made it full color, hardcover. Uh, but we give permission for anybody to use anything that's in any of our materials. It, it's, oh. it's copyrighted so people can't like reproduce it to sell it and make a profit. But to use, to teach, to share, uh, we, we just give permission to people to put it to use. So use it in their Sunday school, their small group, Absolutely. make a couple photocopies of there's a page for their, churches their class. Use, yeah, there's churches that use that as the center section in a newsletter every week that comes out in their bulletin. Just that reminder that's behind it all when the world is denying and attacking that as a foundation for truth. I love that, man. You, you obviously have done a lot of work on this. So thank you for just pouring You're your welcome. life into something that makes it easier for us to say wow to God every single day, yeah. just every single day. Yeah, we've, oh, we've oh actually, uh, over that period, we produced four of these devotionals, and each one has different examples like you're hearing here on today's show. So, I, so hang on, this is this is version number, or this is uh, number one? That's the, that is actually the most recent one. Uh, right. Before that was called, well, you, you don't even have my other ones right now. No. It was called, Have You Considered Evidence Beyond a Reasonable Doubt? The one before that was called Inspired Evidence, Only One Reality. And during COVID, we spent two years and just finished what I believe is the best one yet. And it's called Without Excuse, The Compelling Evidence for Creation. So it's actually a four book set. And uh, you're featuring one of them here today. Whoa. Okay. So, and all of those are available at searchforthetruth.net. They, they right? are. And I'm sure, you know, and I'm sure you'll want to promote and carry them through your. I, I will, but I want people to get them no matter what. I mean, searchforthetruth.net, if you're interested in the whole four yeah. book set, make sure you grab that. Searchforthetruth.net uh, is where you can get that. And, and oh. by the way, I just got to say this over the last six months, we have also filmed uh, about 70 little one to two minute videos where you get to hear the same sort of things you're seeing on PowerPoint, but it's a live video with all sorts of animation and video footage. And uh, it's comes out, they come out once a week. You go to my website, it's the first thing you'll see. Actually, and, I've, I've got yeah. one of them. Can, can yeah. I play? Can I, I'm gonna stop your screen share. If you don't so mind, that'd be great. Why are there so many different kinds of trees? There's two basic categories, deciduous trees, which lose their leaves in the fall, and then there are the pines, evergreen, spruce, uh, fir trees that don't lose their leaves and they stay green all year. Well, deciduous trees lose their leaves because their sugar flow and water flow is shut down, the leaves die and they fall off after changing to beautiful colors. But why do they fall? Why don't they just stay green all year? You see, while they're green, the chloroplasts, which make sugar inside of these leaves, are continually making fuel for the trees. So why should they ever shut that down? Why not just slow down? Well, think about it. Beautiful oak or maple trees are just covered with a canopy of large flat surfaces. In the winter, it snows. Those leaves, those surfaces, would collect so much snow, there would be hundreds of thousands of pounds of weight bearing down on that tree. The branches would be snapping off like twigs. Your yard would be a pile of dead branches in the spring if those leaves didn't fall. They're designed to come off the tree so the tree survives the winter. On the other hand, evergreen trees have these thin little needles and they don't hold the snow so they don't weigh as enough. The snow literally sheds off of them. But even when it starts to build up, the branches are designed to bend without breaking. 
Notice design. Trees are designed with characteristics and capabilities to survive in the environment which they grow. Design does not happen by chance. The design has a designer. So as you look at trees, think about the great designer who made them all, the God who made them for our benefit and our enjoyment. Done such a great job with these it's it's just incredible ah well i want you to stick around because uh we're going to go kind of behind the scenes with only our creation today partners next and share several more animals with you and things that are just going to make you say wow for those of you that have joined us on facebook or on youtube i want to say thank you so much we appreciate you being here would love for you to consider partnering with creation today you can go to creationtoday.org and when you partner with us you get access to everything, including the behind the scenes where we're about to go right now with Bruce as one of our partners. To our partners, I see you guys out there. Diana said, hey, Bruce, I've already got the book. I'm going to be using it uh, excerpts in my apologetic class on God's authenticity, which I love. That. I love Diana, it. That's, that's great. That is great. Love so it. Facebook, YouTube, uh, social media, thank you guys for joining us. Next week, got a great conversation for you. Questions Jesus asked uh, with Israel Wayne. Now, why did Jesus ask certain questions? That is, oh my goodness, you want an insight into God, into Jesus Christ. Join me next Wednesday at noon, live right here. If you want the full conversation, go to creationtoday.org forward slash live and you can jump in on the full conversation as you partner with Creation Today and help us change the world.